0: I'm Dave, and I'm Nancy, and this is Middle Aged Wisdom,
1: where we talk about mistakes we've made,
0: lessons we've learned,
1: and sharing things we think are super cool,
0: so you can get closer to living your best life. Welcome to episode 14 of the podcast,
1: Middle-Aged Wisdom. Did you ever have those moments where you're just really, really hoping that something works out or maybe praying that something works out only to find it not work out?
0: Yeah, like those moments where your life hinges on this
1: happening.
0: You want it so bad.
1: And it just doesn't happen. We call that unanswered prayers. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What that means is that you're hoping, hoping, hoping for something, it doesn't work out, and then fast forward days, months, years later, and you finally figure out why it was meant to be. Hmm. We're firm believers in life just works out exactly how it's supposed to, and it's how you take that information and take those occurrences and what you do with them, how you respond to them, how you react to them, that makes your life the way it's supposed to be.
0: And this is not about passivity or like acting like you don't care. It's okay. When stuff doesn't go your way, there needs to be a natural grieving process depending on how big of a deal it was. We're not talking about just acting like it's all rainbows and unicorns all the time, no matter how bad something gets. At the same time, don't let any one thing determine the rest of your life. That's the point.
1: That's the point. And we're going to talk about all those things in our life that didn't go as planned and how it ended up. To have us here right now in this moment um in a great relationship with a beautiful family a great career um, but it was not always like that
0: it's a miracle we're here <laughs>
1: <laughs> sometimes we look at it that way <laughs>
0: like what series of magical things had to happen for for everything to come together that we're here right now and actually talking to you
1: so i'm going to begin with some of my occurrences that were less than satisfying to me in my life so, mine starts with dental school. Didn't start with dental school, of course. I had many, many things that I didn't want to happen to me happen to me. Your, your way first, before then. Your
0: first unanswered prayer or disappointment was in dental school. <laughs> like all up to that point, it was just no, like perfect.
1: There were like 17 years of <laughs> unanswered prayers, I'm sure. The but first the, one we're
0: going to talk uh, about is, is in is dental school. Dental school, yeah.
1: I'm from pennsylvania and there are three dental schools in pennsylvania i applied to all three of them and i wanted desperately to go to university of pennsylvania um, my brother was an alum i was attached to the school for four years and i was waitlisted mm. it was a big deal to me mm. so i get the letter and i really thought it was going to say accept it congratulations
0: well, uh, alternate's not no.
1: It's not no. <laughs> but then they don't tell you what number you are. It uh. really had no hope attached to it at all. So I applied to other places as well as those three schools. And I came time to make a decision. And I had to decide do I wait and accept on like September 3rd when they start classes? Do I wait until that moment or do I take a definitive acceptance to another school?
0: So you got accepted some other places, mm-hmm. like not as an alternate, but for real. We yes. want you. Yes. Nancy, you're in. Yes. So they're like waiting. So with Penn, it's like if somebody decides just not to show up to dental school on the first day, they're, they'll just call you? Like- we don't
1: know. It, that's the thing is that you pay the money and then you just wait. And if you maybe are willing to take that risk, then maybe you'll get it. I, yeah. you know, I wasn't ready to take the risk. I wanted a sure thing. So I... Um, decided to go to Creighton, which is in Nebraska. And Creighton was a an unknown school back on the East Coast because there are so many dental schools on the East Coast. So when you tell someone you're going to Creighton, they look at you and they say, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm not even joking.
0: Hey, I'm from Nebraska, so I get it, but it still kind of stinks. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> it stinks. And and now going through the experience I had a great No, no, no,
0: wait, no, wait. It doesn't stink. I said that stings. Oh, stings. Your... <laughs> oh, I
1: thought you said it stinks. So... Well, if you go
0: out by where all the cows and pigs are, yeah, it kind of stinks. Okay, fine, whatever. No. Oh my gosh, that went sideways on me. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead.
1: Now going through the experience there, it was a fantastic school. It was exactly where I was supposed to be. They did not have a specialty program, meaning that I got to do wisdom tooth extractions and be the first to place an implant in pig bone and do all these injections and do a ton of root canals because we didn't have a specialty program and a lot of schools have that. It's something as a, I don't even know how old was I when I went into dental school, 22? So twenty one, twenty two.
0: So like as schools that have specialty programs, if they have patients that need mm-hmm. those services, they would get pushed to yeah, the specialty program. Yeah, pushed to the specialty program. Creighton didn't have that, so you guys got to experience more. But
1: I didn't even know that. I didn't mm. even know that question mm-hmm. to ask mm. until I got there, and I thought, wow, I am extremely lucky that I'm here. So that was a big one for me. Another one was um, while I'm in dental school, so I'm at the school that I'm supposed to be at, um, I had a boyfriend from pennsylvania
0: and it was not me
1: it was not dave (laughs) we had dated for almost four years and he actually moved to iowa when i went to dental school and we thought that
0: and just for people who don't know Iowa is right next to nebraska (laughs) so i was getting
1: really close (laughs) to my husband but it, it wasn't there yeah um and I, again, you know, you date that long, you kind of think that that's the person you're going to marry. Mm
0: -hmm. So he moved out there for you. He moved
1: out there for me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he went to a graduate program in Iowa. Um, so we can only be like an hour and a half away. Mm -hmm. So fast forward, I'm in dental school. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to maintain focus. It's hard to travel every weekend, um, going back and forth. It was really, really tough. And we ended up breaking up during the first year and my grades went south Hmm. so um i was doing good kind of leading up to that and then everything just went really really bad um i dated another guy and um not the best relationship but there was it's just hard you know it was hard to like maintain focus in something that you're supposed to be so focused on
0: wait how long did you date the other guy
1: i don't even remember not a year and a half
0: a year and a half whatever.
1: I know. Dave's longest. That's re- like an eternity. No. Let's just. Dave's longest relationship before us was three months. And so. That's so, judgy. Lasted, That's so judgy. After we lasted four months, he was like, I'm marrying this girl. <laughs>
0: Congratulations.
1: <laughs> You're it.
0: You are it. You lasted yeah.
1: longer than three months.
0: Yeah. I waited until we dated four months to tell her that I'd never dated <laughs> anybody for longer than three months. And where I, I almost like, fell over. Oh, really?
1: oh uh-huh. <laughs> wow really <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile i'm coming off of like years and years of for
0: your yeah, <laughs> relationship year and a half relationship and i was just really really picky and you were that special
1: <laughs> thanks honey <laughs> okay just, getting back to the story
0: yeah unanswered prayers
1: so i'm in dental school and it's not going good mm-hmm. they approach me and they say we think it's best that you stay back a year And I, I mean, my heart sank, my life spun in front of me. I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be a dentist. What have I done? Um, I prayed and prayed and prayed that this wasn't happening, Hmm. um, that they would come to me the next day and change their mind and that they would say, we thought about it and we're going to give you a chance to get the grades up and to do a little better. And, um, that's not what happened. So they came to me the next day and they said, um, starting in the summer, you're going to start over again and you're going to repeat the year.
0: Which year of this was? Oh, this is second year. Sorry. Year year Uh, two of four. Yes. Of dental school.
1: Yes. Ouch. Yeah. And, um, I don't like talking about it because it's very personal and obviously the rest is history, right? Like obviously I did really well after that and that was the right thing to do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But I think about, oh, oh my gosh, if I would have stayed in that position and gone through with that year as it was, not only would I have been around the person that wasn't really healthy for me at the time. Um, Because he
0: was in your dental school class. He was. In your original one. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: But I would have been um, just kind of trying to pick up the pieces. Whereas I had a fresh start with new people. And there are people that I knew, um, just not very well. But um, I had a chance at a fresh start.
0: And the material... You knew.
1: I know. I mean, I I was the go-to girl. Let Uh. me tell you. I mean, talk about being...
0: You became very, very popular with your new class. Well, because I
1: had already... I mean, that's the year that you start cutting on fake teeth Mm. and start cutting on extracted teeth. Mm. And um, I already knew how to do all the preps. I knew what birds to use. Even when the people were preparing for boards, I was very sought after because I had extra experience. Mm. <laughs> so when they were looking for an assistant to assist with boards, um, I, I had a lot of offers in any event. Was it the right thing? Of course it was the right thing. If I, if I would have stayed there, I, it would not have ended at the same. I wouldn't have met the same people. The people that I met in that class, um, and not to discredit any of my other friends because I love them dearly as well, but this is the group that we go on vacation with. Um, Every year we plan a vacation. We always find a big house and we have our families. Kids know each other, we play together. Uh, We have so many memories with this group of people and it would not, it just is different. It wouldn't have been that experience that we have.
0: Yeah, that would never have happened had you stayed in your original class.
1: And as I'm standing here, I'm thinking of some of the memories.
0: (laughs) Some good ones. They're really, really good Yeah, I assimilated myself very quickly into that group. Yes. Good good group.
1: Yes, as if he's a dentist himself.
0: So there are so many different unanswered prayers we could choose to talk about. Uh, Basically, disappointments that actually led us down a different path to someplace that turned out to be better that we wouldn't have experienced had we not gone through the disappointment. And and another one we wanna talk about is our experience trying to become parents, which was not easy. Not easy at all. No.
1: And I know that this is a really sensitive topic for a lot of people, but it's been seven years for me. Cece, well eight years actually, I mean she's seven years old. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been eight years for me since all of this has happened. And it's probably taken almost as long to heal and I'm still not there. I can still get really, really emotional over certain things. So um, I'll carry on the best I can about all of this stuff. But we were, um, we started trying when we were, I don't know, how many years were we married?
0: It was just a couple.
1: Just a couple. And so we got married in 2007. So that Mm -hmm. means in 2009, um, we finally had a child in 2013.
0: Four years later.
1: Four years later. Yeah. So for the first few years, um, I got pregnant really easily. I got pregnant and, um, would miscarry and got pregnant and would miscarry. And it got to the point where I met with the doctor and he said, you're really good at getting pregnant. That's Mm. good. That's hard for some people, but, um, you can, there's going to be one that sticks and it just means, which one is it going to be? And how long do you want to keep trying before you get to that point? And I, and I think I was at the point of, I think we had maybe five at that point Hmm. and I was kind of over it. And I said, I need some help. And so we went to an IVF clinic.
0: turns out in Denver, there's like, People come from other countries to this one particular IVF clinic mm-hmm. in Denver called Colorado Center for Reproductive Medicine. It's like the guru, right? And uh,
1: so many um, famous people, like Juliana Ransik. That oh, the year that we had CC t- two thousand thirteen was the year of the dragon.
0: Yeah, so people were coming over from China. They had a to translator. go to this clinic.
1: Yeah, they had a translator come in in order to make the ease of conversation better for the people that were coming in so they can have a child in the dragon year of 2013 and particularly a boy.
0: Yeah, this is crazy. It is crazy. Science fiction.
1: Right, right. Um, In any event, there are a lot of famous people that have pregnancies, successful ones from that clinic, and we thought, hey, if it's our best chance, we're only going to do this once. Um, We need to go to the best person. Mm -hmm. So... When we met with the doctor, he was the one that said that to me. You know, if you want to keep trying, you can. Um, And I said, I wanted to help. So we went through the retrieval and we ended up with four embryos. And first time around, they implanted two.
0: Hmm. So we had the potential for twins.
1: Which again.
0: But then if they split, it would be two twins
1: dumb on our part <laughs> I mean, come on chances weren't that great but we again had,
0: yeah we implanted two embryos you guys right? know where this is going on yeah, prayers you guys yeah. know okay.
1: so in any event we um we get pregnant and i'm pregnant with twins and one of them is Cece. we always joke because Cece is so incredibly tall for her age that she ate the other twin
0: something happened to that <laughs> other one we don't know what but sadly,
1: say. <laughs> sadly, the other one didn't survive. Yeah. And yeah. so we ended up with with Cece. And um, the one thing that someone said to me, if anyone's going through that, that's listening to this now. The one thing that I had um, actually a team member say to me was the only thing that can make you feel better is knowing that the kids that I have, if I, any of those other embryos would have survived, they're not my kid. You know, they're not the ones that I see right here in front of me. Mm -hmm. And we see Cece and how she's exactly half of her dad and half of me and her vibrant personality and how we're such a threesome and we travel great together and we do everything together and we can't imagine our life without Cece. And so I think that that um, is the one thing that made me feel okay and maybe helped me heal a little bit from all of that tragedy that we went through
0: yeah it was hard at the time going through all that and it was a process to kind of get past it but now looking back and you get this benefit of time healing and it's like hey wouldn't change it for the world at this point right really wouldn't
1: so we we did go through the other two transfers those didn't work as well and I did get pregnant from the one and then I lost that one as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was a lot and a lot of miscarriages. Um, and finally we were done and it took a while to be okay with that. Even to the point my my <laughs> little girl says to me about missing out on a brother or a sister. I said, Do you are you sad that you don't have a brother? you sad that you don't have a sister. And I think she knows how hard it is for me. And she says, no mom, I love my life. I Aww. wouldn't want to share my toys. I want to share you guys. I really like you guys, (laughs) which is very, very sweet from a seven year old (laughs) at this point. I hope she says that when she's 14.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed, not counting on it, (laughs) but
1: right. So in any event, my sister has been blessed with natural childbirth. She also thought she couldn't have children. Um, She adopted a little girl and then became pregnant and now is pregnant again. So So after
0: they adopted, yes. then they got pregnant. Yes. So then they have the adopted little girl. Yes. And then they had two under two.
1: Two under two, and now there's going to be three under four. All girls. All girls. Oh man, it's
0: a girl party.
1: <laughs> but I look, and when I we were at Disneyland with them, and this is where I say unanswered prayers because I prayed so much for a football team of kids, and I I couldn't stop counting them. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> when you're at Disneyland to make sure they're not like disappeared. Remember
1: in February, it, and my sister and I are we have the three kids, and I think you went. You may you might have gone with my brother-in-law. To go on a ride or something. and I probably went off to Star Wars land or something. That's what I was thinking in my head. <laughs> and my sister and I were, were walking and I kept saying, one, two, three. Where's the three? Oh, there's the three. Okay. Okay. Stay together, girls. Stay together, girls. And I thought if I had three kids, I would lose my mind. So whenever I see anyone with more than one, I'm bowing to you right now that um, I respect everything you do and I don't really care how you do it. <laughs> it worked out I how it was I respect everything that you do.
0: It worked out how it was meant to. Right. That's right. Right.
1: That's right. Right. So, we're going to ease up a little bit on the sentimental emotional things and Dave's going to tell you about his interesting stuff about some of his experiences.
0: So, mine are going to be a little more career focused. So, when I was in college, I went to engineering school and I don't remember thinking a ton about what I was going to school for. I just remembered it made sense. And it was, you know, you fill out one of those tests and it'd say, Hey, you'd be good at X. And for me, it was engineering. I don't know. Cause I was good at math and I like problem solving and, uh, I was in engineering school and I think it was probably my, I don't know, junior year. Maybe it was my senior year. And I was like, having one of those moments where I was freaking out a little bit about what I was going to do. And it was like, do I really want to go into engineering? I've been doing all these classes, and they're like, they're all right, but it's it's not like fun. It's not like, <laughs> yay, statics and oh, uh, like therm- quantum physics, thermodynamics right? and and uh, differential equations, like woo yeah. Um, and somebody asked me one day, and I it was interesting that I was like 21 years old before anybody posed this question to me in this way, but it always stuck with me was they said. Well, well, if you could do anything you wanted to do, what would you go and do? Like after school. And I was like, wow, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, growing up, I was a basketball guy. I always wanted to be Magic Johnson, but it turns out I didn't grow into being six foot nine and with mad skills. I mean, I can hold my own in a pickup basketball game at the Y, but that's about it. So that wasn't in the cards. So I was like, maybe I should be a pilot. And it just kind of hit me. And it was because. I grew up around the military because my dad was career career military. Okay, so I was growing up, I grew up around air shows and airplanes and all this stuff, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so I had this idea in my brain like, how cool would it be to be a pilot? And this is, I've spoken about this on other episodes, but it's one of those things where sometimes your idea of a thing is different than how it is in reality. And if you have an idea of something for yourself in your life, something big, whether it's a job or a neighborhood or moving to a new city, find somebody who has what you think you want and like go and see if it's legit, if it's for you. So all of this led to when I got when I got to, at the end of college, I got accepted to go into the Coast Guard after college. I was gonna go be an officer and specifically, I was gonna fly helicopters and be like a search and rescue pilot. But you know, I, I never actually had flown a plane. It's kind of a problem and uh, Lo and behold though, okay, so I graduated in December and I was supposed to go for training in May. So I moved back home with my parents for like five, six months and I waited tables to make a little extra money just to wait until I was supposed to go to training. And I'm not making this up, I was supposed to go in May. In April, they sent me a letter saying they weren't gonna accept me because of a bone spur.
1: It's so interesting because it does reoccur every now and then, and we look at it and say that is what kept you out of the coast guard. It
0: was legit. There was a real bone (laughs) spur. I eventually had to have surgery on it. Whatever. It was legit.
1: And it led to your current career because engineering was ultimately what you thought maybe I should do, but maybe I'm not that interested in it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when you take another pivot or another course, it actually leads you in the direction you're supposed to be in anyways.
0: Yeah. So I was like, well, I got this engineering degree. Maybe I should go get an engineering job. And well, I did. I ended up getting an engineering job. And that worked out really, really well. I'll say though, um, I wasn't prepared for the first four or five years of your career as an engineer because they kind of, they kind of suck. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, like you're chained to your desk, you're doing kind of an extension of those uh, differential equations and thermodynamics and statics classes that were not really that fun in college. So you're kind of doing a lot of the nitty gritty engineering work. And so I got about four years, three years into it. And I was like, man, I just don't know if I can keep doing this forever. I don't know if this is for me. And so I applied to go to MBA school. I was gonna do MBA school like at night. Mm-hmm. And then uh, do engineering work during the day, and I was like, "Well, if at least I can get to the business side of engineering. Maybe I'll like it a lot more." But I was thinking about totally getting out of it.
1: So then, with MBA school, how'd that go? Well,
0: I, I ended up at an impasse because I was living in Lincoln, Nebraska at the time, and Lincoln's a great place. But for a young single guy like I was, it was like, mm, "Not the hippest place." You know, mm-hmm. if you're like had a young family, awesome. Young single guy, yeah, yeah, so so, so anyway, around this time, uh, one of my coworkers moved out to Colorado to Denver, and a few months after she moved out here, she called to recruit me to say, "Hey, Dave, we got a job out here. You interested?" Well, so I had this this pivotal moment of like, "Hey, do I stick around here, go to MBA school, maybe that leads into a different career altogether, or do I move to Colorado?" and where i grew up when people move away from nebraska to go to big cities the big cities they go to are minneapolis or kansas city or chicago or denver mm-hmm. and so i knew a bunch of people out in denver and i was like mm, it just it just drew me in and you know i thought hey i want to be a pilot that didn't work out hey i should go to mba school just wanted it like no no
1: mm-hmm. yeah if you were to think like back to when you were younger and you were to predict your life, would you ever predict where you are right now?
0: No, like I have, I had no clue. I was just kind of like, I was just following what made sense at the time at each step without necessarily thinking five and 10 years down the road.
1: Okay, so you're hoping for those things and then you end up being asked to move to Colorado and you accept the position, right? Mm -hmm. And you meet a lovely lady, not me, a lovely lady who was your friend in nebraska mm-hmm. and you end up working at the same company that she worked at
0: yeah yeah she recruited me out so it's like i thought i wanted to be a pilot and it didn't work out and i was pretty bummed about that but yeah. wasn't meant to be
1: were you dating anybody at the time
0: maybe briefly i don't know i dated a lot of different people because they were all for very <laughs> short periods of time
1: <laughs> okay so this is where it gets really interesting so that same um, lovely friend from Nebraska mm-hmm. ends up walking in to my first dental office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I was working for a corporate dental office and I didn't have many patients. I think maybe I saw five, six people a day. Well, we hit it off because at the time, <laughs> this is how this is how long ago it was. It was when um, Bachelor and Bachelorette, it was in like their first season. <laughs> oh my God that's a while ago yep how old we are yeah and we start talking about if we're watching that and who the person's gonna pick and what do you think about this person and that person and it was when um Tristan Ryan from Colorado were on so everybody from Colorado was really into it because we felt like they were our neighbors
0: well they kind of were (laughs) they kind of were
1: so um yeah so we start talking about that a bunch and um kind of become friendly and the dental appointments turn into social affairs she asks if i'm dating anybody at the time i wasn't and she said i have this guy that i kind of want you to meet and um and that was me and that was dave (laughs) my now husband
0: Uh, yeah so because i didn't get into get to go in the coast guard Mm -hmm. because i didn't go to mba school right and I moved to Denver. And then because Nancy didn't get into dental school in Pennsylvania, and then because she got held back a year at Creighton, and because one of her best friends in her class she got moved back to, moved out to Colorado, we didn't tell that part, but you moved out here with one of your friends in the class you moved back to, right? Right when you got held back. So one of
1: those family friends that we now go on vacation with, yeah, yes. she and I moved out to Colorado together. And if I hadn't met her, I was headed back to Pennsylvania.
0: That's right. And if one of the earlier pregnancies we had would have worked out, we wouldn't have CC. And all of this all of this is to say that stuff's going to happen in your life, right? And but if you maintain a positive outlook, if you maintain optimism, it's just redirecting you on a different path that is going to lead you to something that you're that's meant for you. Like whatever that was, Maybe it just wasn't meant for you, but something else is. Something else is.
1: And we know it's so easy to look on Instagram and look on Facebook and hear podcasts and think that everyone's life is so peachy and how does everyone have this and I don't. But trust me, I think the one thing I learned from being a dentist and hearing so many people's lives and their stories, everybody has something and everybody has something that doesn't go their way. There's no one out there that has 100% perfection but it's what you make of it, and it's what you do with what happens to you that creates the course of life, and you can choose that path and um, digest everything that happens in a very positive way.
0: So I'm gonna end with a, a quote, and I wish I knew who I got this from, but I saw it on social media somewhere, and it's this. There are no challenges, issues, or crises that do not contain within them seeds of opportunity that could not have otherwise existed.